This is Warrior's Way Podcast, Episode 3, and I'm James Eek. Regardless of your background or level of experience, I recommend that you view this book from the premise that in a realistic situation, your attacker might be bigger, heavier, and stronger than you. The idea is to discourage you from relying on physical attributes such as strength, speed, or coordination. Keep in mind that no matter how strong, fast, or coordinated you are, there's always someone stronger, faster, and more coordinated. This belief was the catalyst that pushed me to keep refining these techniques so that at 140 pounds I could effectively protect myself, regardless of my opponent's physical prowess. After a couple years watching my brothers teach, I eventually memorized all the moves. Then the day came when I was about 16, where I finally used some of those moves while teaching my first class. It wasn't until then that I realized what I thought I knew didn't quite work for me. Although the student liked the class, I wasn't satisfied. As more and more students came to me wanting to learn ways of protecting themselves, it dawned on me that if I didn't have a strong belief in the techniques, how could I teach them to someone else? What if the move didn't work? What if the attacker did this or that? So I embarked on a mission to find answers to these questions. The what-ifs could no longer go unanswered. That was all I could think about day after day and night after night. It became a lifelong obsession. There was another aspect of my research that needed to be taken into account. How could I know I had the right answers? I started testing and experimenting with all the techniques, keeping what was useful and discarding what wasn't. The initial testing was done with my students, then with my brothers, and eventually against anybody. Once I believed the techniques worked well for someone weak and small like me, I was convinced that they would work for everybody. This was the reason I went into the ring. I wanted my students to know that I was willing to put my neck on the line to prove what I was teaching really worked. Fighting was the only way to test my beliefs. I guess it was a blessing in disguise that I was not strong. My physical weakness made me relate to the principle of leverage that Archimedes referred to when he said, give me a lever long enough and I will move the world. What followed was the development of a teaching methodology to maximize the transfer of that knowledge. Just as important as the techniques themselves is the way they're presented to the students. The approach involved simulating a street confrontation for the student to experience the problem, then demonstrating the proper technique and finally becoming the attacker so the student could perform the move on me while I gave him feedback as to what was the easiest and most painful way to twist my arm, throw me down, or even choke me out. I always taught in a positive and constructive way, building the student's self-confidence and fine-tuning their technique. I also kept a structured format and would continuously review and then gradually add new techniques that would build on the basic ones. Repetition is a key element in the development of a student's reflexes. In other words, it's the teacher's responsibility to make sure the student does it countless times and then some. Although I believe this is by far the best method for the student, it's not by any means easy on the teacher. In fact, it's exhausting and oftentimes painful, which is one of the reasons why this is not very widely employed as a teaching method outside Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Although the reasons people practice Jiu-Jitsu will vary, we always teach classes with the single purpose of preparing students for the eventuality of a street confrontation. Then I'm going to move forward 
You may notice similarities between the techniques in these pages and their Japanese counterparts. As I have said many times, I did not invent jujitsu. I just made it better. It is as if I had an oversized kimono and tailored it to fit me perfectly. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is an improved version of the traditional concepts. I put more emphasis on leverage, technique, and economy of movement instead of power and speed. Keep in mind that if I can do the techniques with ease at my age, you can do them too. When practicing these techniques with a friend, you should, make, you should both make a point of helping each other, especially in the beginning. Don't compete against each other. The attacker should give the defender the opportunity to successfully complete the move. Conversely, the defender must execute the moves easily and not hurt the attacker. If you were to take a class with me, my job would be to help you execute the move correctly without hurting you. I'd walk you through the move, give you feedback every step of the way. And that is how you should practice. There are a finite number of basic techniques, but there's an infinite number of variation. This book will focus on basic techniques. These are the ones I believe are the most important and will benefit you the most in a real-life situation. Since my initial involvement with jiu-jitsu, because of my lack of strength, my object objective has been to have maximum effectiveness in the simplest and most effortless way possible. I did not spend my life trying to improve a system that would make me look good at a sports competition, full of fancy spins and colorful turns. Instead, I have developed a self-defense method that is complete easy, and effective. The techniques presented in this book, when executed correctly, will, ena will enable smaller people to defend themselves against bigger and stronger assailants. So that's just a, a, small, bit a small bit from the book um, called Gracie Jiu-Jitsu that was written by um, Grandmaster Elio Gracie. It's otherwise known by many people that do jiu-jitsu as the master text. So before we talk about jiu-jitsu, um, I should first maybe back up a bit and talk about Elio Gracie. So Elio passed away in 2009, and he was 95 years old, which in and of itself is amazing, especially when you consider the fact that he was still training up until about 10 days before he passed away. Think about that for a second. He was 95. There's some of you listening to this who at 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 are thinking to yourself, I am too old for this. I need to do something else. <laughs> Maybe some of you are 20 and thinking that. But... Elio Gracie really took jiu-jitsu and made it into a way to live his life, both on the mats and off of it. And that's very exceptional if you think about it. And I think that is a testament to what jiu-jitsu can do for your life too. So uh, Elio Gracie, if you don't know, he was the younger brother of Carlos Gracie. And Carlos, uh, technically, he is the founder of what is now known as Gracie or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. What Elio did, though, is, as I, he said in the book, or in the beginning of this book, 
he took the techniques his brother taught and he modified them to fit his body, which was about 5'6", roughly, and somewhere between 115 and 140 pounds, depending on the time of his life. And he modified these techniques to emphasize leverage and uh, economy of motion and other aspects over power, speed, and strength. And that's key. And that's one of the things that makes jujitsu as effective as it is. So before we get into the reasons that you should study jujitsu, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit, um, I'll, I'll tell you about my own experience. I started training in the martial arts some 38 years ago in judo. And judo is kind of like the, the mother of Brazilian jiu-jitsu without getting too much into the history of it. But there was a man named Jigaro Kano and he had a student by the name of Maida. Maida traveled to Brazil, taught Carlos, Carlos taught Elio. That's about it in a nutshell. <laughs> um, my teacher, or my teachers, I trained under two um, professors of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, one is Professor Jay Zabalos, and he's the right-hand man of Professor Jean-Jacques Machado. Professor Machado is, his uh, uncle was Carlos Gracie. And uh, that's just, I think that's amazing. Legacy means something, and lineage means something. And I think that's a, a key thing to remember. If you're going to train in something, you need to search out people who actually understand the system. And... Uh, I'm very, very lucky and blessed to be able to uh, train in and learn to find out what real jiu-jitsu is about from, you know, a, a coral belt master who, you know, was there and heard and was taught by, you know, the guys that were there at the start. And I th that's... To me, that's amazing, and I feel very, very blessed that, and lucky. Anyways, without going too much into that, um, let's go into reasons to study jiu-jitsu, because I, I really think that that's an important thing, and that's one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast. It's to reach out and let you know a little bit about um, the martial arts and things that you can do, different masters, different systems, and, and why you should do that. Um, I have had a unique life in that I've had the opportunity to, to train in a lot of different systems and I have been very lucky in that I somehow have been blessed to end up training in these systems under more than one um, real legends. You know, I'm my very first black belt ranking I received from kind of an icon. He's gone, long since gone, but his name was Osensei Richard Kim. Um, and then, like I've said before, my I've trained for, for decades now with uh, Gurudan and Osanto, um, and my jiu-jitsu is from Professor Machado. And there's a bunch of others, but I'm talking about jiu-jitsu this time, but I, I think that if you're going to take the time to learn, you should find good schools to train in. 
You should find good people to train with. You shouldn't just, you know, accept... How can I say this diplomatically? <laughs> you shouldn't just accept what is there when you could do better sometimes if you have that opportunity. You know, you can go and get a fast food meal or you can go to a healthy restaurant that is giving you fresh food that is good for your body and your mind. And I think, I think you get it. All right, if you think about it, I'm sure you will. So you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself, okay, so why would I want to do jujitsu? <laughs> the obvious answer is because it is awesome. Um, I started training in judo, like I said, when I was a kid, and I went on and tried different systems over the years. And then when I was in my early 40s, uh, through my uh, training under Guridan and Osanto, I met Professor Machado, and my first jiu-jitsu class was with him. Um, nothing like finding out right from the source what jiu-jitsu is really like. So, yeah, it was. I think I was 42 years old. Um, so if you're thinking to yourself, you know, I'm too old for this, starting 42 is kind of up there, <laughs> even though I've been doing martial arts for a long time, which I think helped me out. Um, you know, I have Mr. Nosanto constantly telling us that, you know, we should always be open-minded, we should always be a student, we should train in different systems. So when I had the opportunity, I, I leapt at it. And I'm so very grateful that I did because jujitsu finding it, especially when I did, um, it was like coming home. If you can imagine, I started in, like I said, the mother of jujitsu in judo as a child. And then I went on to do various different other things. And doing jujitsu, you know, 30 some odd years later, it really did have a feeling of going home. And for me, that was, it felt amazing, to be honest with you. I, I instantly connected with it in an intimate kind of way that I don't know if I would have if I hadn't had that start in judo. And I loved judo. I competed like crazy when I was a kid all over the place and I trained as much as I could and I, I really liked it. But, you know, as happens when you're, you know, getting into your later teen years, uh, I eventually wanted to kick and punch people and learn other stuff. And I had already been influenced by Gurdan through his writings at that point. And then as I entered into my early 20s, I first trained with him and realized that I wanted to to get a wider view of the martial arts. And unfortunately, if I had been smart, I would have stuck with judo still, but I, I decided to leave that and go try other things, which maybe is a good thing because who knows, maybe if I had stuck with judo, I wouldn't be the martial artist and the person and the writer and all the rest that I am right now. Um, everything in life happens for a reason. So why should you study jujitsu? Well, it's hard. It's, it's very 
hard. Um, like I've said before in, in previous podcasts, if you're going to do jujitsu, you have to understand that no one's going to throw a belt around your waist just for showing up and smiling. Um, it takes at minimum about 10 years to get a black belt, usually longer. Um, you get to the point in your jujitsu that the belt around your waist doesn't even really matter anymore. Um, and it's because you, you know, by the time you get a blue belt, you've probably been training for a couple of years at least. By the time you're a purple belt, it's a bunch more. And that belt, it basically, you know, like the the cliche, it's, it's more there to keep your gi closed. <laughs> um, what compels you is becoming a better student of jujitsu, to becoming more skillful, to understanding more about jujitsu, to letting jujitsu get into your circulatory system and, and make you become like jujitsu. You know, and that might sound a little bit weird, but if you ever meet when a high, I mean, someone of the stature of Professor Machado, um, what you find out is that they are jujitsu in the way they smile, in the way they talk, in the way they greet you, in everything about them is jujitsu. But like I said, though, it's hard. It's really hard. Every class is going to start with mobility drills. So you're going to roll, you're going to shrimp, you're going to do other movements to help you learn the mobility of being a human being moving on the ground. And for a lot of people, that's hard enough as it is. But then you're going to do drilling techniques where you're going over positions and submissions over and over and over again. And then finally, every class ends with round after round of sparring that we call rolling. So that when you're done, you are pretty much soaked in yours and other people's sweat, which if you've never done jujitsu, might sound a little bit like, okay, that's not for me. <laughs> but it is awesome. And I can guarantee that if you try jujitsu, you will see that it is one of the most fun things you've ever done. It's also one of the hardest, but that's good. One of the other reasons that makes jujitsu awesome and why people should do it is that it's a true old school martial art. I mean, it's like I said, it's not about the belts. It's not about the prestige. What it becomes about is getting better. And that's what drives you and pushes you and makes you get more fit and eat better and research and study. It's that idea of getting better. And also it is about dealing with a fight against another person who is trying to fight you. And they're trying to fight you with all they can, everything that they can. And it teaches you a self-defense that starts in a place where you can't get away. You know, if you uh, think about it, in terms of self-defense, running is really good. You know, um, if you find yourself in a situation where you think you have to defend yourself, you're best off running because um, anything can happen in a fight. 
But jujitsu starts in a place where you already have exhausted every other possibility and that person is now holding on to you and either trying to take you to the ground or has you on the ground and you start from there. So things are already in a bad spot. So you're dealing with a self-defense that you're already in harm's way. And you learn over time that you can deal with that. And that builds a confidence and that builds a understanding. And the thing is, is everybody around you is also getting better. (laughs) So you become better. And it becomes very powerful and empowering. Jiu-Jitsu, it's kind of like a chess game where the board and the pieces are you. So it develops your mind. You have to learn strategy. It uh, makes you think. It makes you learn to breathe. It makes you learn to relax. It makes you learn to let go. It also makes you realize the difference between discomfort and true pain. It makes you understand about your own neuroses. And it forces you to face and let go of your ego. And it, in the end, it makes you learn that in this life, most likely, you yourself are the greatest opponent you're ever going to face. Whether it is dealing with, you know, your own stuff, your junk inside your head, or it's dealing with age and a changing you, or it's dealing with all of these things that we carry through our lives. And another reason that I think that jujitsu is so good for everybody is that it builds a social network that ultimately it becomes a family. And it's because of that intimacy of it. I mean, you are learning this system in close proximity with all these other people. And with time, you learn that you will only get good with them. They are helping you and you are helping them and you need each other. You can't learn jujitsu on the mats all by yourself. (laughs) It just won't work. Jujitsu depends on other people. And that makes it such a human thing and such a powerful thing because a lot of systems don't have that. You know, it's that different range where you maybe you're hardly even touching other people in other systems. But in jujitsu, you always are. Their arms are on you, their legs are wrapped around you. You know, like I said, you can feel their heart beating. And that makes it pretty incredible. So I think that jujitsu is something that all of us should study to be honest with you i think that um the way i look at it is in our martial arts training jujitsu should be the central core and then you also need to train in other things i believe because you need to deal with all the rest you know you like i've said before you need a weapon system you need a striking system you need your own physical you know in the army we call it pt 
You need to get in and do some physical training. You need to have nutrition. You need to... All these different things. But I think jujitsu, from my experience at least, like I've said, you know, coming up to 40 years of doing the martial arts, I've come to realize that jujitsu should be the central core. It is a very human thing. It's something that is going to make you understand yourself and the world around you a lot better and will make it so you can deal with anything that life throws your way in a way that I don't think you could do without it. And if you don't believe me, get yourself into a jiu-jitsu school that's good that is taught by people that actually understand jiu-jitsu in a lineage that is a real lineage and do it. Get on the mats and learn it. So there you go. That's, uh, I think that's it for this podcast. Um, in future podcasts, we're going to talk more about different systems. And like I said, we'll, we'll look at some different books. This book that we started with, again, is called Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, written by Elio Gracie. Um, you can still find it out there, although if you look some places, you're going to see a really expensive book. But uh, hunt around on the internet. Uh, Elio Gracie's son has a website, and he sells the book for a fairly reasonable price. Um, and I think it's well worth getting. Um, it has a lot of very good information in it. It goes over a lot of the, the self-defense that he himself thought was vitally important that jiu-jitsu people understand. And if nothing else from that historical standpoint, that stuff is, is valid and you should understand it if you study jiu-jitsu. Um, when we are training, and I, I think that this is key for us to get a, a takeaway from this, is you have to examine ways that you can be more fit and more healthy and more happy and get more out of your life. And that's what jiu-jitsu is about. That's what this podcast is about. It's about thinking about all of that. So... Um, like I said last time, this podcast, it's not just about martial arts. I, I, I really have to say that. I want you to think to yourself, okay, so he's talking about jujitsu, but what are the lessons that I can get from this? Because at the end of the day, I don't believe that when I'm teaching my students that I'm necessarily teaching them how to fight. Of course I am. I'm teaching them also how to defend themselves. But what I want is to teach them how to get more out of their life. It's about taking those best ideas of the martial arts and living a more engaged life. And like I said in a previous podcast, my jiu-jitsu teacher, Professor Machado, has always said that the true jiu-jitsu takes place not on the mats but off of them. And the training is just the groundwork for creating an amazing life. And I think that's uh, an important thing to remember. So if you are enjoying this podcast um, and you would like to know more about me, I, uh, there's my academy website out there. Um, you're more than welcome to 
Google James Eek and you're going to find videos and other things of stuff that I do. Um, but if you want to read The Warrior's Way, a guide to lifelong learning in the martial arts, you can pick up a copy on ebook or you can uh, go on Amazon. Um, you can also get the companion to that, which is, and we'll talk about that in a, a, another podcast. I did a, a companion to Warrior's Way and it's a journal that breaks down not just blank pages, but things to think about every day when you're training, you know, uh, kind of to, to focus why it is that you're training and, and how to improve your life, like we keep talking about. And I think it's a, and I've heard from my students that use it, I, they, they enjoy the, the journal as well. So there's that out there. And then more recently, I wrote another book called Wolf in the Woods, um, which is about... <laughs> a situation that happened to me where I actually had to fight a wolf and not to get into it, we'll talk about that some other time, but uh, how that situation made me kind of rethink how I do the martial arts and what I teach and what I can do to make sure I'm preparing my students and myself, um, not just for, you know, confrontation, but to make my training in my life um, better. <laughs> I guess that basically sums it up. So anyways, thank you very much for listening. And if you have any questions or any comments, or if there's anything that you'd like me to talk about, please drop me a line. Um, I'd be more than willing to do a bit of a question and answer with the listeners. And I think that is it. So get out there. Train in some jujitsu. Try it out. See what you think. Let me know what you think. And like always, train hard and just have some fun. Have a great day. <laughs>